So the title of today's Dharma talk is Replacement Thoughts. And that uh, idea there, thoughts and the idea of replacing thoughts with other thoughts, is just a way of, of endeavoring to bring our attention to the way the thought process seems to work. Same thing happens with emotions too, but maybe a little bit different dynamic. So my teacher Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche once wrote, had a, uh, published a book of poetry that he called uh, First Thought, Best Thought. And what he was uh, pointing to there was, was not so much an impulsive idea of thinking, of, but just the, the very first thought that arises in response to any given situation probably has a lot of weight to it or a lot of, uh, um, what's the word for that? value, maybe maybe truth. But this doesn't mean necessarily we should clamp down on that and make sure it doesn't leave because it's a valuable thing. But we could just touch on that. We could just touch and go, just realize, have a realization, understanding that the initial insight that may show up as a thought may have a fair amount of clarity or maybe uh, insofar as thoughts have any truth to them at all, that may be the one that shows up uh, having some, uh, you know, that word is not showing up for me right now, what I would say about it, but value or truth. But what the ego mind does or the self-centered mind or the grasping, clinging, judging, you know, it's, you know what I'm saying, it's a, something that's always looking for some kind of reification of its uh, understanding or value or insight. So this is always about awareness. It's never necessarily about trying to stop thinking or trying to support a certain kind of thinking, but it's about uh, bringing as much awareness as we can into any given situation so that so that the thoughts that are arising there have a lot of uh, breathing room so that they're not they're not getting they're not crowding. I talked to crowding the ideas, uh, the idea of thoughts uh, crowding, uh, maybe it was yesterday, I don't know. Didn't I give a talk recently? When was that? On the, 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 the name that's never pronounced correctly, Wednesday. <laughs> it's always bothered me. Does it bother you? No? Yeah. Okay. So the reason to talk about this and to bring our attention to it and have it as a topic for this is to is not only to talk a little bit from over here, but to maybe ask have some questions around this, because it is it's very difficult to know how to handle intensely aggressive thoughts based on that are being fed by or based on hope and fear, wanting things to be better, wanting to be right, wanting to be correct, fear of being wrong which is backed up by self-centeredness, self-consciousness, um, and uh, some kind of self-affirmation. We are so, the awareness, the consciousness, the Buddha nature is so laminated to belief in a self that it confuses that. With it. it actually feels like there's something that needs to be protected or advanced. Self-centeredness, ego. <clears throat> ego mind fuels itself through uh, thoughts of right and wrong. And so this is why in in our tradition, it seems to be necessary to to strengthen the the awareness part, which uh, the image for that is 
the thoughts are like clouds, emotions arising, thoughts arising, memories are like clouds and they arise in a space that is very similar to the sky and your actual identity is more like a sky, the sky, some sky, big sky, big mind. You've heard of big mind, little mind, Suzuki Roshi's metaphors for the little tiny ego mind that wants this, doesn't want that, likes this, doesn't like that, feels offended, feels praised. And then there's the big mind that doesn't take a position. It doesn't miss anything. It doesn't miss the positions, but it doesn't take the position. It, does, it doesn't join anything. It doesn't re re uh, abandon anything. So, and it doesn't uh, eliminate anything. You could call that equanimity. You could call it balance. You could call it cookie dough. Whatever you called it, it would be the same thing, which is what? Not separate. It's not separate. This is what this old man sitting up here is encouraging you all to do is realize it now. You can realize it today. You can realize it this minute. It's like an either or. You can realize it this minute or you can realize it this minute. That's called choicelessness. I highly recommend it. The problem with that, if you want to call it a problem, lowercase l, is when you sit down and face a wall and look at it, it's any problem that you're going to be having, anything that's going to get in the way of your Buddha nature, your awakening, is going to show up. The less you do, the more you can just settle down and just watch what you receive and what you refuse to see or refuse to receive. Watch that polarity and don't repair it. Don't fix it. Don't do anything with it. it makes it, it, it's difficult because we, we want to know, are we, are we doing this correctly? Is this working? Am I, am I doing this right? The very, the very question, am I doing this right, is that's not such a bad place to be. If you have questions, I'm happy to respond to them. If you don't, then I'll adjust my wonderful boxer. Yes. Well, Dallas. What happens when your first thought might be uh, cruel or unsensitive? So you said first thought. <clears throat> so they have the thought, and then you add to it that it's cruel or insensitive. So that's second, third thought. The first thought, you don't know what it is. So more questions about that are good. Please continue. Like judgmental thoughts, you know? Like you go and there's something happening, and something, something you would not approve of, and it just happens, and you immediately go and think, wow, I don't like that. And so the wow, and then I, and then don't, and then like that. Wow, I don't like that is extra. The very first thing that happened is just the negativity. The negativity has no face. It has no, it has no anything. It's just the feeling of negativity. We, get, we clothe that with ideas. It's just raw emotion. And that emotion is uh, aggression or passion mixed with aggression or passion mixed with, with aggression and ignorance. And it's, sometimes it's overwhelming. And people quite often, when that arises, can't handle the rawness, the roughness, the sharpness of that in itself. And we tend to want to personalize it so that we can protect ourselves from it, so that we can uh, not be that way. To, to not be that way, that's ego. Or to have a really highly supportive, loving, kind thought that arises to want to be that way is also ego. It's just... Uh, isn't quite so bitter, but it's still formation 
coming out of bias. Sarah. So if you have a thought that occurs to you and you instantly think, um, I need to correct that thought right now, that's your ego interfering with the thought process. It's interfering with awareness. It's flooding the awareness with more thinking. Uh, the idea of thinking that this is when we get uh, what I sometimes call substitute awareness. You know, it's it's a it's a and it's a very subtle area here where uh, where it's necessary for us to fundamentally and truly, honestly, genuinely take responsibility for your emotions. And how do we do that? Don't interfere with them by adding to them, trying to get rid of them, modify them, manipulate them into something else that isn't quite so threatening. And what I'm saying is. Just look at the threat. Keep it very direct and simple, very, it's just a threat, nothing extra. There's no soap opera trailing behind it about what you did, what you shouldn't have done, what you could have done, what they didn't do, and what you shouldn't have done about what they said. And, you know, we all know that. We all know the minute, the second, the hour, the day, the year that we step out of just this into something about just this. And of course, we have abandoned the very insight that was arising. And that insight may be clouded, probably will be clouded with some kind of negativity trailing around in it because of past karma. So this is your opportunity to actually witness your karma as it is without doing anything about it. If you do something about it, it becomes circular. And then we come back moment after moment, hour after hour, day after day, month after month, year after year, lifetime after lifetime. It's circular. To us, it looks like there's just one life, but actually there's a lot going on. A few minutes ago, you said something, I think you said, just relax or settle yeah. down. So how can you do that without adding the thought of that? Practice. Just like we practice, you're actually practicing receiving negativity when you meditate. You sit down, hold still. If any negativity happening, you're probably going to, it's probably going to show up. And then that practice can either be trying to, trying to practice in such a way that the negativity no longer bothers you, which is sometimes called mindfulness. Mindfulness can be a way of getting out of the negativity. I'm not saying it is, but it can be. More? So how could, so if there's negativity and then you recognize attention and you suggest, sometimes I've heard you say, just relax. How can you not shut down on that, but not substitute mm -hmm. just relax or So substitute, if, uh, if I say just relax, I'm also saying, see how, you, how you're so uptight you can't relax. If you take it to into relaxation, you'll see it's like the next thing that will come up is I can't relax. And that, that's when you have the opportunity to be in the feeling of not being able to relax without calling it not relaxing, without going into the negative part of that. So the positive part is you've gone into the feeling of not being able to relax. That's it. Anything added on to there is a replacement thought. Dallas. So when you <laughs> may have a, like a prejudicial or maybe a cruel thought, yes. um, this does not necessarily mean don't work with that, does it? Like if you're, if you have these these ideas. About I'll give you I'll give you a real strong metaphor for it, and this is, this is maybe may may sound silly to you, but I, I has to be kind of like this for you to get what I mean by it. You're sitting here in a room, a buffalo comes in the front door and runs through your house, takes a quick look at you, and leaves. What would you do with that? 
I'd be very surprised, I suppose. <laughs> surprised is okay. But anything added on to that is extra. And of course, you're going to think, what in the can be a, am I seeing things? And then you ask, say, Jim, did you, oh, wait a minute, Jim. Jim, did you see that? And he says, see what? The buffalo. And he would say, yeah, buffalo. <laughs> it's a buffalo. Or maybe it's a bison. And I'm being silly, I'm being deliberately silly, but I'm saying that's, it's almost your, your sense of humor, your sense of openness has to be so innocent and it cannot ever be innocent if you keep sophisticating yourself using replacement thoughts you keep not wanting to just be here and be totally amazed by everything and when i'm saying amazed i'm not adding i'm not talking about thoughts of amazement i'm talking about just uh just a simple astonishment are you listening to me mm -hmm. simple astonishment <laughs> that's good <laughs> I like that. I like that. You should have been able to see your face. <laughs> huh? It was astonishment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Good. Good point there. Yes. Are all thoughts extra? Yes. When you talk about first thought, best thought, no, it's not. We think it's a thought because we don't know what the hell else to do with it, but it's not. It's it's just bare. It's just raw insight that manifests as uh, as particles, but it's not actually congealed into a, a goose egg. Yes. What is it extra to? Uh, to everything, it separates itself out as something that is extra. It's extra to the what is not separate. You're, we're separating ourselves out of the. The, this matrix into some separate thing that is not that and is better than that or not as good as that or identical to that or any kind of uh, 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 what do they call those? Merry go round. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's not so merry. Is the sixth consciousness um, extra? Six, the sixth consciousness is just functioning like sound. As long as there's an incarnation of a human form, there's going to be the six sense fields and their objects. What's extra is is the seventh consciousness using that particular model of the Yogacara eight consciousnesses. Seems like there's some kind of storage going on, the Alevajnana or the storehouse consciousness. It seems like there's some aspect of the consciousness that is freaked out, paranoid, grasping, wants this, doesn't want that, and is constantly evaluating and judging anything in, relative to some kind of imagined self. Your imagined being, there isn't one. Isn't that amazing? There, there isn't. There isn't anyone. I'm not saying there isn't a living form here that's uh, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, but there's no solid identity happening. This is called liberation, and it's yours. And there's no one saying this. There's no. There's a voice. There's expression. There's somebody with a bunch of silly images. Yes. Um, when you said the century that, that all thinking is extra. I was wondering if that thinking is different than the thinking that occurs or is associated with the yes. consciousness. Yeah, and I can put it very literally, but but I don't want you to necessarily grasp onto this because if you grasp onto it, then you'll look for it rather than then see that you're already the case. It's already the case. Thoughts without a thinker. There's no identity behind the thoughts arise, and and if they're rising without a thinker, then there'll just be a first thought. 
and you won't necessarily crank up other thoughts based on some kind of fear or hope. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's the white buffalo, which the Indians say is lucky. Yes. So the thoughts that are just arising, are they in samsara or outside of samsara? Both. They're just... They're, they're both. They're, they're inside and outside is uh, uh, extra. That's something that the ego mind does. But really, there's inside and outside is something we've invented to actually try to manipulate, manipulate, or I should say, the correct pronunciation of that is actually manipulate. It's manipulating on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> You're catching on. <laughs> So the inside-outside part is, it's not that there isn't a quality of something being inside and a quality of something being outside, but there's really no, it's not, a, it's not separate. That doesn't uh, necessarily provide us with any kind of separation that we can put to use and get ahead or not fall behind. Yes? Do you think the enlightened ones are just in a perpetual state of um, potentiality then? There, or there's, are there, is there... You're going to do an either-or? Yeah, consciousness in there. So what were they? Says we know it. Okay, so what was either or again? I'll try to respond to that. Either do I think Are that they're enlightened beings existing just in a state of potentiality, or is there some kind of knowing that they are that it True. is? Are those the only two choices I have? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's the first one, unless it's the second one, and that doesn't obviate the first one. It just means that it's the second one. I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) Darn Scorpio. (laughs) William. If we have thoughts, or if we call them thoughts because we don't know what to do with them, what do we do with them or not do with them? Nothing. It's like, what are you doing with the leaves out on that tree? What are you doing with this flower? So don't have to do anything with it. Even though it seems it can get very intimate and very close, you can take that same attitude. It's not looking away. I come back to the same the model or the, the way I talk about it. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. Uh, don't look away from it. So don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't shut down on it. It's just ultimate reality in a nutshell. It's just this. Always just this. You, you only say always relatively because we tend to go to past and the future or is and isn't. And uh, and talking about as uh, the, the enlightened ones that you mentioned, this we are we're the we're the enlightened ones. The Tathagata is here now. Just don't cover it up. Stop covering it up. Yes. At some point in that sequence of don't look away, don't grab onto it, we inevitably start to figure it out. You know, and we start. I mean, we start saying, "Oh my gosh, I've got such a grip on this." You know. What, What's your question? What do we do then? <laughs> well, you've already you've already gone back down the mountain, and you're back down uh, with a stick going through your campfire, trying to see if there's any fire there. That, that fire that was yesterday's fire. Back up on the mountain. Don't 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 abandon the mountain. Don't abandon the path. Don't don't look for anything else. Whatever you're looking at, this very second is it. It's just a direct perception of what this is right now, all the time. In the morning, when you get up, as soon as you get whatever you see, that's it. Look in the mirror, whatever you see, that's it. Nothing extra. When you said, oh my gosh, remember that? Extra. Oh my gosh. It's like you, you see it, and 
And if you do anything with it, you, you, you cover it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Sheldon. So if we, if we have realization, that doesn't mean that there won't be extra. Is that true? Yes. If, if you're realized, then you're, you're pretty much in for it. Everything is going to come flying at you to test your realization and try to kick you out of some kind of seat that the non-realization thinks you're holding. But it can't, if it can't find anybody, then what's going to happen? It's just liberation. It's just freedom. And even that is, doesn't mean anything because there, it's, it's, there's nothing to even, there's no, nothing to compare it to anymore. Yes? If the extra will continue, then how can we not add? It won't make any difference then. You may add, you may not add. There isn't anyone. There's no adder. Well, a puff adder maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Puff the magic adder. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'm kind of talking in circles a little bit, but I'm, I'm endeavoring through these kind of moving these images around to get you to see that it's just this. It's nothing else than this. Yes? So first thought, best thought. So say like you have a negative thought and then you impulsively act out of it. And then what exactly have you done at that point? You, you've added on to that. You actually... You've actually taken that and and made it into something. You've actually given birth to to uh, karma instead of just whatever rises is coming out of, of karma, cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect, and then you have a thought which is uh, produced out of causes and conditions. Yes. Is it then artificial mindfulness to go and stop yourself at that point before you act, or is that actual mindfulness? It, no, mindfulness would be to not do anything with it, to not even know if you're being mindful. There's no credential. No one gets a pat on uh, the back for anything. And that's why it's so difficult, because it's so much easier, in a sense, to, for ego to just buy into some kind of uh, a spiritual materialism about a gaining idea, about getting. I used to be more this, but now I'm more and more peaceful. I'm more and more and more and more. And the, 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 make, the thing that makes that also difficult is we all have to go through some of that before we eventually awaken to that kind of gaining idea or getting ahead or accomplishing something or, or contrasting it with it. I used to be really, um, what is the saying uh, that's not all that funny, but I'll say it anyway. I used to be different, but now I'm the same. This <laughs> is uh, basically uh, um, Sandokai. I don't have my... Sandokai person here, Juju. Okay. Isn't that the same as just saying nothing happens? Nothing happens. It's like His Holiness the 17th or 16th Karmapa said on his deathbed when uh, Vajrayajan Ursul Tenzin was sobbing because he was losing his friend, His Holiness. And, and His Holiness said, Nothing happens. It's a very relative uh, very way of teaching uh, negatively. By a negativa, just 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 a negative way. It's like saying emptiness, but there's no attachment to that, so therefore there's no eureka feeling necessarily. I found it finally. After searching for the holy grail. Yes. John Rogers in North Carolina has a question. Yes, John. He asks, should we try to trace the first thought to its source? No. Uh, you said, Trungpa said, first thought, best thought. If the first 
thought is recognized as it's coming out of your mouth? No, that first thought won't come out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. That's that's a saying something. That's an expression. You're expressing the first thought. What if it's real quick? <laughs> like somebody cuts you off in traffic, and then you hear what jerk come out of your mouth. <laughs> that's that's not first thought. It isn't. No, that's fourth or fifth, and then tied in with the vocal cords. I sometimes say, "Don't hook up your vocal cords." So a response, like a reflexive statement, is mm -hmm. always coming from a thought. Yeah. <laughs> it could be just maybe that's every time somebody cuts you off, you just say something. It's not a lot of thought behind it. Don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting at here is there's a as an area where the consciousness, the awareness, if you're not judging yourself and you're not trying to be a really nice person, I'm not saying we shouldn't be kind to people, of course, but to do it as some kind of a project to modify ourselves into something else, which is just a really highly polished, shiny, presentable ego, who never makes any mistakes and is finally really kind to everyone. This is uh, it's just a, it's a misunderstanding. It's not evil. It's a, just a misunderstanding that jumps to a conclusion. Usually, if someone is functioning that way, what the the best thing they could uh, could happen to them is run into a really strong sangha or a really strong teacher, which are usually not separate from each other, so that you can actually be in that soup. So you can see that the human beings that are operating that way are, are not going to let you off the hook. They're also not going to be mean to you. So you would actually have the room to to be that way without being corrected. So you would actually, your uh, your intelligence, your awareness would be trusted. Just like you can find yourself, I'm sure all of you that are meditators, find yourself in a situation where you've done something that has been maybe disrespectful to someone else, but rather than immediately go in and try to get yourself off the hook by apologizing and getting forgiveness, instead you're going to work with that for a while. You'll find yourself kind of curious about that negativity, about how that is, how that looks. You're not too concerned about someone else judging you, even though they probably are. They're looking at you, what are you talking to me that way for? You, you might you might say, yeah, sorry about that. But it's not actually a, like an apology so much as your your mind, your mind is, uh, you could even say preoccupied with the mechanics of how that works. We've been watching it, looking at the wall for probably years, trying to see how does this go to that? How does this go to that? And what is that? What is that? Not why is that? Because if you say why, you're going to get a, a because, which leads to another because, which has nothing to do with crows or magpies. <laughs> but to see the dynamics of that, then the awareness starts to, you could say, permeate that whole situation so that that kind of activity starts to lose its fuel, which is passion, aggression, and ignorance, based on what? Hope and fear. Hope for something better, fear that it's going to get bad. More. Um, so let's say you're driving down the road and somebody yes. really just has been on your tail and then passes you up and almost cuts you off mm -hmm. and it goes from jerk to, you know, 12 expletives and then you think, well, geez, what is that? And how do you work? So geez, what is that? It's extra. It is. Geez, what is that? You might be better off to go, <laughs> <laughs> at least that would be honest. Whereas geez, what is that? Is kind of fearing your own emotions. 
So how can you be, how can you be honest without strengthening the habit of doing it again next time? Don't worry about strengthening a habit because that's more about trying to manipulate ourselves to get into some kind of ideal person, meditator, kind person, someone who never gets mad at, at road rage. <laughs> No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I have to say this. I don't know how else to say it. You might have to, might have to be willing to have road rage, willing to experience your feelings. It doesn't mean if you really experience the feelings, there may not be an expression. This is why some people value uh, some some psychotropic drug, uh, you know, like uh, because the emotion and the feeling that happens in those areas is so powerful, you don't really do anything about it. If you see someone who's say, and I don't want to go off into uh, not promoting any kind of drug use at all, don't misunderstand me. It's fascinating to look at people's expression. But I'm saying that if you're uh, if you're completely in, uh, being your whole consciousness is being affected by extreme um, uh, psychedelics, uh, there's not going to be a lot of expression there. It's mostly you're so much on receive that you're overloaded by what is happening. So you, you may not be expressing anything, but your intensity of the feeling is so, but it's, it's artificial because it's a drug. So you may be feeling really, really intense fear over something that is happening and it's all concocted and made up. But there's something about that that is fascinating because you know that's unreal. You're having these really, really intense feelings. Sarah. So is emotion and first thought then the same? How do you mean? As in just having the reaction is your first thought as opposed to, okay, I've reacted and then I'm going to react to how I've reacted. Is that how it looks to you? Hmm? Hmm? What was the question? Is that how it looks to you? I'm just wondering if that's your thought. Not exactly. It's actually further back than that, before you, before you painted the garage, before you even built the garage, before there was a garage, before you thought about, before there was a blueprint, before you had a car, before there was a driveway, that. So just back up a quarter of an inch. Before anyone had a problem with anything, that. Not very helpful, is it? <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> Sheldon. Can an action be a series of first thoughts? It could be. First thoughts that depend on each other. Not necessarily that. A first thought that is that is engendered by something that happens. You have a first thought about it, and then you don't do anything else with it. It's just that. It might be buffalo. It might be just a simple naming. And, you know, that's not, I'm saying that that's not necessarily it, but it seems like we have to, we have to slow down and less speedy and less intensity about about desiring to, uh, to get some kind of a handle on everything so that we know what it is. Yes, David. Can something like an expletive that comes out be straight from karma? Yeah, that's what it is. There's nobody there. It's just causes and conditions showing up as a human being who's saying, oh, but we add on, I'm the one who's being mad and I shouldn't be mad. Or I'm the one who's being mad and I got a damn good right to be mad. Look what they did to me. 
constant comment, constant commentary on everything that is keeping the the niceness going, or keeping the sadness going, or keeping the keeping the keeping the keeping keeping going, keeping going. Constant commentary, constant script, constant you know stage play going on, and that's why I, the metaphor I sometimes use is just get off the stage and sit out in the audience and watch your life a little, watch what's happening, watch what you're doing, without accepting it, rejecting it, looking away. Just get off stage for ten minutes a day. It's a good way to do that is to. Of course, come in here, sit down, and just lose that self-consciousness. I'm not saying you're going to lose the difficulty, or that you might, and, and the difficulty, or the, the abrasiveness of your life, or the emotions might increase because you're no longer shielding yourself with a bunch of thought patterns around it. You're sitting down. Well, it's difficult to come in here in any meditation situation, sit down, and do nothing at all. Just, just watch what's moving, watch what's coming at you, watch what go, what goes away. Sometimes it'll be very smooth, some, sometimes it's very boring, sometimes it's very sleepy, sometimes it's very intense, sometimes there's a lot of memories come and go. But the practice is just the practice. We just sit down, just this, just Buddha, just live in enlightenment all the time. Read the precepts. And if that's happening, then, then the emotions may come and go, but they can't find an emoter. They can't find a thinker. It can't, there's, no, there's nothing for it to stick to. There's no, no, no more Velcro left. Anne-Marie? What's on the receiving end of the nerve ending? What's receiving? Just feelings. They don't belong to anyone. Thoughts. They don't, they don't, there's no thinker there. The thoughts are rising and coming and going, but they're like it's uh, karma. Cause and effect, cause and effect. But there's no, there's no, you know, all dharmas are without blame is a traditional way of saying it. All, all cause and effect is without blame. Where are they going? Well, the endings don't go anywhere. That's why they call them endings. Is that funny? That's a good score. Yeah. Sit down, comic. <laughs> so the, the nerve endings are are you know it's the whole matrix of feeling, seeing, hearing. You can see something that's very beautiful, and it's tied in with, with the whole matrix of the mind and so on. But you can see something that's very horrible and very ugly, and that's tied in. So that's a, a pleasure, pain, but same same seeing. Feeling uh, feeling is the same way. Something can be abraded and feel terrible, or, or like a feather can feel very soft and delicate or pleasant. All the other senses are kind of doing the same thing, including thinking. So uh, you could say... Insofar as you can, insofar as you can. I'm writing notes. I know. I was trying to see what you were writing. <laughs> no, too far away. <laughs> so we we kind of the way you depersonalize something is to see how personal you take it. You don't depersonalize it by trying to not to feel it or not to make not to. You see, actually live that. Be have have the courage to just go in, and feel it, feel all. The, I sometimes say, I'm saying now, feel it all the way to the center of the earth. That's a nice image. Everybody on the earth, all of their feet are pointing in the same direction. People in China are pointing at the same thing you're pointing at. And now, even the people in North Korea, while they were pointing sideways, <laughs> they're starting to turn around a little bit. A little bit, yeah. not too much. So feeling, 
uh, it looks, it feels like, or it looks like that maybe we need to st stop doing that. Stop like the feeling that Dallas was saying. What if you feel really, so you notice something is really a negative, enraged kind of, kind of a warfare mentality towards someone else, something else, or towards ourselves or something. What do we do with that? Feel that. We don't have to jump out of it and name it, label it, describe it. And, and I don't know of any other way to train ourselves uh, rather than sit down and work with the raw material of your personal karma, the causes and conditions that have gone that have been going on since beginning last time to show up as this particular human being. It's given a name, it has a history, you have a mom, a dad, more than likely, you have aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters and neighbors, and now you have Dharma sisters and brothers. And for the time you're in this room, you have a Dharma teacher. Just just continue to bring all of the uh, attention. Give all of the attention you can to your life. Don't miss your life, yes. What precedes a negative thought? The abstract way of talking about that would be to use passion, aggression, and ignorance. Would be, would be ignoring the open spaciousness. But there would be other bouncing around where other kinds of low-level... Um, more under the under the radar kind of warfare going on. The, the causes and conditions that arise as any given thing, negative thought or positive thought, are dependently arisen, brought about by the confluence of all kinds of things happening that can't be traced. And so we're not saying trace any of that. Like uh, John was asking, and I said no. I can't even remember his question, but I know I said no. Your source should be both with source. I still feel that way, no, because the source is what? Concept. It's a concept about something. As soon as you have a concept about something else, then I would say return to the concept and look at that for a while and see what, what, is, that, what is that concept about? What is the intention around that? What's happening with that concept? And if you see the negative thought, is that what you're, you're asking about? I would just stay with that. It's just a, it's a, it's a Dharma gate, as is talked about. These teachings are all uh, coming from people who down through the centuries have understood something and were thinking about how can I how can I say that in such a way that all these dummies out there would get it? Not that I'm doing that. How can I say something in such a way that there, there's the least possibility of someone who's sincere, not dummies, but someone who is sincere about understanding, can I say this? Read Sandokai, read uh, uh, Trust in the Heart, or read the Heart Sutra, several hundred times, the translation of it. Read, read that. Form, feeling, perception. Form, feeling, perception, concept, or thinking process, and the six sense fields and their objects, or consciousness itself, are empty of a self. They're empty. So there isn't, they're all there, but they don't support some kind of beingness that we call me or I. The personal pronoun uh, just becomes uh, uh, a concept of convenience, just to be able to talk. But there's no one there. Further questions? Further answers? How can we look at the concept of I or me without thinking and perpetuating that story? Stay with the perception. If you find you see the perception, and if you see yourself going to the perceiver of it, or if you see yourself going to the object that's being perceived, excuse me, then insofar as you can, 
And you can you can do this if you if you're spending a lot of time just uh, uh, being aware, just just aware. Whatever is moving, just you're just aware of it. You're just aware of it. And if you're spending a lot of time doing that, then it will be more readily accessible for you to to see that what is being perceived and that that is imputed is a, a perceiver or a self or an object are not two. And this is what Vasubandhu is talking in, in, about in the 30 verses. It's said other places, but in the 30 verses, any of you want to study something that is very succinct and even uh, very clear, very conceptually clear about saying uh, perception only. It's just a perception. The voice you're hearing and the, the form that you're seeing here with hands uh, gesturing and a mouth moving and sound coming out is that situation is not separate from what you think of as you perceiving this. It's just a perception. We're not saying there isn't an object here, of course, or some vocal cords operating and some body movement. Of course there is. And we're not saying that there isn't uh, a receptor. There, aren't, uh, uh, there isn't a sound hitting your eardrums and going into your whole uh, matrix, your whole nervous system in some way. And so there is separation, but the fundamental understanding is it's not, they're not two separate things happening. It's just this. And we tend to separate that out and we, and we go to war on some, either, either here in our gut or discursiveness in our mind going around. I should, I like it, I don't like it. We get very very intense kind of uh, argumentation going on with proofs and validations and so on. Someone, I have an attorney sitting here who's shaking her head. He knows about that. Someone who's very adept at that tends to go into things like law where this kind of thing is, is needed or appreciated or valued or used. And someone who is uh, going, uh, who, who comes out of other areas of consciousness, other ways of consciousness, whether it's the gut, which might, might be warrior, you know, or the heart might be an artist, a musician, or maybe maybe none of that. Maybe just maybe not that. Maybe just someone who empties bedpans. How about somebody who does what you do? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Ask questions. Yeah. I'm glad you do. Go ahead. Okay. If you can't find an other, or there's not two, why does that mean that there's no happening? How come there isn't? Mm. There actually is but it's in a level that you can't see or understand until you first see through the, the first one, which is artificial. The, the first one is more uh, kind of a, uh, is, uh, has to do with a form of animism or a animal. It's a, it's a lower, sometimes disparagingly called the reptile brain or something like that, which the reptiles don't care to hear you talk about them that way. <laughs> and they're coming, the good ones and the bad ones in different kinds of mediums. So you follow me? But so there, there's something happening there, but we, we need to we need to break loose from our addiction to plus and minus is and isn't in order to understand uh, true nature, which is uh, spiritual nature. Our, our, our spiritual nature, you can't destroy this. You can't destroy it. You might be able to manipulate it if you're uh, into manipulating, but you can't you can't destroy who you can't destroy who we really are. Who we really are is not a separate being, separated, but not separate fundamentally. A question from Stephanie in Grand Rapids. Yes, Stephanie. She asks, what is the feeling that we don't have a handle on anything? 
If there's no one feeling that, there's no identity that's concerned with it, then that's liberation. It's, it's one of the ways liberation can show up. We're not looking away. We're not validating. We're not doing anything with it. We're just present. And feeling like you don't have a handle on it is just ego's words for how it's beginning to feel when the self-centeredness gets closer and closer to uh, no separation, actually realizing that. Yes. Um, earlier in the talk, I think you said something about uh, when we don't add, subtract, or look away from karma as it arises, it dissolves. There's no guarantee, but if it's going to slow down, back off, lose its juiciness, uh, that's the way it's going to happen. It's not going to happen by fighting with it or just establishing it or explaining it or justifying it or condemning it. Any kind of action with it at all separates out and causes that same kind of uh, causes and conditions to keep tumbling and tumbling and tumbling. The merry-go-round keeps going around and going, and it's just like somebody's pushing it with their foot. But you can actually just, you could actually real, realize it on the merry-go-round. You could realize it by stepping off the merry, or realize that you're off the merry-go-round if you do nothing with it. Yeah. Is that neutrality versus ignorance? Um, it's a neutrality without any particular philosophy of being neutral. So, but, but it would be. I mean, you're not yeah. elated. You're not depressed and you're not just not feeling anything. You're not doing anything. No. But also, you're also, if, if one of those feelings comes in, you don't object to it, you don't agree with right. it, you don't look away, and there's no one actually engaged in that. Go ahead. Well, is that a type of neutrality? I would say yes, but if, uh, if, you, if you go there, then there's, a, then there's uh, the, self, the ego mind, which is very, very subtle and very, very manipulative and very clever, will try to be neutral. We'll try to live up to some kind of neutrality. And as soon as you notice that, you, yeah. you still have more choices, right? It's not like you just automatically awake to, to that. So since we're going that direction, then I will say there, the, the, the choice part of it is uh, an illusion. We don't really have choices. So we're just, we're on the head of a bullet that's flying through space, a rocket. You just have no trouble. You're just, everything's coming at you. Yeah. And you decide what you can put up with, what you want to fight with, what you want to be sad about, what you want to be happy about. All right. You're just strapped to the head of a bullet, really. <laughs> yeah. Chained, even. Or laminated. Yeah, laminated. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful if you start changing words because then you can't remember which one is actually the word and which one is the one you made up. So it's quite fun. <laughs> yes, Henry. Is guilt a feeling, a thought, both? Or what is guilt? Guilt is a, is a, a very sneaky way that uh, self-centeredness has of supporting itself. I'm the one who caused this whole terrible miasma. I'm the one who gave them this or did this or got in the way or hurt them or, or murdered them. Any kind of act activity where there's what you do, and then then what you add on to it as that keeps that spinning going. And this this you know sometimes the the, the way I uh, sometimes talk about this to get to help you help any of us move our awareness in a direction where we can see how how really uh, uh, complicated this can be 
is I say, I'm going to count to three, and you have a murder situation. You have a murderer, uh, and then you have a victim. And I would say, 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 if we said you have to be one of those, you have to, you have to be one or the other. Choose now. Which one do you want to be? Which one do you have to be? Which one do you, if you have to be one? Which one? And and it almost divides up evenly into people who I'd rather be. I'd rather be the victim because I don't want to. I don't want anybody to have to be. Uh, I don't want to be uh, somebody who kills somebody. And then somebody else might say, I'd rather be the murderer so that the victim doesn't have to be that. A little, little twist, a little t modification of what you might call compassion. So what did you come up with? Victim? Murderer? Murderer? Which one is Theravada and which one is Mahayana? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Do we get a time trick choice? <laughs> yeah, you do. Murder and victim. Okay. Murder. It depends. Murder. Murderer. Okay. Because <laughs> he would botch it. <laughs> Cody would botch it, and you'd still be alive. <laughs> but you can see by that how you know, it would, like like Century said, it, it kind of depends. I mean, it's. There's so much happening there. You could just say, well, I'd rather, I guess if I had to choose, I guess I'd rather, i got to die anyway, might as well die now. I'd rather die and be dead rather than be alive and be someone who took somebody else's life. I mean, you, know, you could think about lots of ways. Or you could say, well, I don't want anyone to have to be a murderer, so I'll take on that karma. I mean, you know, you're, it's always some kind of little philosophy behind the whole thing. And really, they're not two. You can't have one without the other. So as those who have, People who have worked with, uh, uh, as mediums, gone into deep consciousness where we look into past so-called past lives. Uh, people who have a past life, who it seems like they have past life uh, going back and forth, uh, they trade off. I killed you, now you kill me, and I kill you, and you kill me. So, And of course, I don't believe any of that, nor do I disbelieve it. But something's happening in that area that is uh, very powerful and uh, is not looked into very often. Further questions?